Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest Outsports Podcast. We are sponsored by AT&T, mobilizing your world. And uh, actually, said that was one of the best bump uh, music openings I think I've ever done. It actually sounded semi-professional. Well, I've lost Sid. Have I found Sid? No, I. It's, oh. it's all good. You know, you. you <laughs> Thank you, AC. There's always some lag in something, either the music or or the one of us calling in. But anyway, um, it is uh, September. God, it's weird. It's usually Labor Day. How's it usually working? Labor Day is usually a lot earlier, so um, the NFL, the college football season, is usually already a week into it. But uh, because Labor Day is on us the seventh, which is the latest it could be, we had sort of a bonus week at the end of August and now early September. And I'm telling you, man, it has been a dead week. You notice traffic in L.A. is a lot lighter this week? Yeah, well, people are out of town, and the traffic on our website's been down. Yeah, I think traffic everywhere is down, I mean. We've got, you know, we have some stories we've just kind of been holding. We're just not going to run them. And, I, you know, I have a, a column about the NFL that I, was, I wanted to run this week, and I'm like, eh, let's just hold it. I'm glad I did because I just don't think, I just don't think that stuff uh, people are just gone mentally. I know. I know. I'm leaving tonight on a red eye to to, to New York, and I'm mentally gone. So I, people are just on vacation. Yeah, and I think other than breaking news, people aren't really paying attention to stuff on the internet. So yeah, we've had uh, we have several good stories where we're just been kind of holding because it did they, otherwise they would get lost. So that's why today is a perfect time to do our annual uh, sort of NFL preview podcast. Uh, this website began. In late 1999, with the NFL, because it started because actually the Outsports got going because we met, Sid and I met playing flag football, and then he came over to my house to watch NFL Sunday Ticket back in the day when I was one of the few that actually had that package. And uh, sort of the NFL was sort of the reason we started Outsports because we wanted a site for two gay guys to talk about sports. So in many ways, it's people often ask us why do we. Why do we focus on the NFL? Well, one, it's the biggest sport in the country by far. But also, it's sort of the thing that, that made us happen. It was sort of, you know, the, one, of our, uh, one of our creators, in essence, was our love of uh, pro football. So the perfect time to have, a perfect time of the year to have a discussion because we, no one wants to talk about weighty subject right now. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we certainly don't want to talk about weighty subjects like federal court orders for, well, uh, yeah, that's more of a weighty subject on a well, stupid issue. But yeah, we uh, we had your guys going to play next Thursday. Tom Brady was uh, his appeal was uh, was whatever the, the the suspension was overturned and Brady will be allowed to play starting uh, week one. Yeah, well, we you know he's never been my guy. I've never been a huge Tom Brady fan. There have always been Patriots who I've. Liked a lot more than Tom Brady. In fact, I wouldn't even say Tom Brady's in my top five Patriots all time. He's probably not even. He might not even be in my top ten. And he's, he's a he's obviously a good quarterback. He's part of the reason the Patriots have been so successful. But just never been my favorite. Even though I've 
Even though I've enjoyed watching him and I've been impressed by him at times, he's never been my favorite. And I used to, I always, I started out liking him. I just, to me, I use the term whiny little, well, I don't want to say the B word because it's offensive, to, but you know, the whiny, whiny little twerp. I, last few years, I've just hated the way he's acted. Win or lose, he just annoys me. But I have to say that the the ruling by the judge was actually, I think, the right thing to do. Um, and I actually read the judge's opinion this morning. What people need to know is this is all about process. He did not determine whether or not Brady did or did not have anything to do with footballs being inflated because that's not his role when he's reviewing an arbitrator's decision, but basically concluded, and I think rightfully so, the process was unfair, that Brady was never given notice that failure to cooperate could result in a suspension. No player has ever been fined for an equipment violation, or ever been suspended for an equipment violation, only fined. Um, and so what the NFL did to Brady in terms of punishing him was unprecedented. Um, there's never been a single player who's gotten, who's gotten a suspension for, for anything, you know, re- resulting in, in, you know, what is called an equipment uh, violation. So um, it's interesting, too, is that the, there was a rush to get this into court. The NFL filed in New York before the, the union could file in Minnesota, and they got a judge in New York who was very independent. He's a Clinton appointee. He's more liberal. The judge they were trying to avoid in Minnesota wouldn't have gotten the case, and they would have gotten a Bush appointee who, when he ruled on their, you know, kicked the thing back to New York, ripped the union big time. So I think if, it, if the NFL had not acted so quickly, they probably would have got a much friendlier judge in Minnesota ruling in their favor. So it's kind of ironic that their great strategic thing blew up in their face. Well, and it's interesting, you know, Goodell has taken a lot of hits publicly, oh, God, since some of the very first days of his being commissioner, um, and, and the judge's ruling kind of was really an indictment of Goodell and his handling of this stuff, but as I wrote this morning, it's people think, oh, this could be the end of Goodell, and this is, he's got to get rid of him. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Well, what do you think the ratings are going to be for that game next Thursday? <laughs> I mean, it's well, like they even when been. they now screw, yeah, even when they screw up, and it's the subject is so silly. I mean, it's not we're not talking about domestic violence or anything. We're talking about inflating or deflating footballs. So it's sort of a carnival thing that just makes the league more popular to watch. It's sort of like why did people tune in to watch the first Republican debate because of Donald Trump regardless of their politics. Well, the same thing with this. Brady does, you know, in his first game, I mean, it's, the ratings are going to be, I think, just enormous. Yeah, so you're right. Well, beyond, going yeah, anywhere. I, it, it, it'll be huge. And so, you know, beyond all of that, you know, looking at the football, you know, I wrote a year ago, up to I think week two last year, before the debacle in Kansas City, that, that Brady was on his way out. And, you know, he hasn't played great in the preseason. Um, you know, I understand he was the Super Bowl MVP, but, you know, all he did was check downs. I mean, Brady Quinn could have sat back there and done check downs. So I, I understand he, he did play well in the Super Bowl. He, he won the Super Bowl, and, and that was great for him and the Patriots. But I'm just not convinced that all of a sudden this is some amazing thing for the Patriots on the field, and suddenly they went from uh, bad to great at the quarterback position, 
and they're they're going to be back in the Super Bowl. I just I just don't buy it. Well, I agree with you, and I've written that I thought they would have been better off with Garoppolo playing four games uh, because they probably would have maybe gone two and two um, regardless. And this is a way for them to have seen if they have the future. And I think unless, short of winning a Super Bowl, I think Brady's gone in New England next year. And the irony is if an appeals court and the NFL is going to appeal this, if the NFL eventually wins this, which they could because it deals with the whole arbitration process, he could be suspended for the first four games of the 2016 starting for the Houston Texans. So I'm not sure this is a phenomenal thing for them on the field either, um, simply because I think they probably would have been just as fine with Garoppolo for the first four games. Um, So, yeah, I think people celebrating it from a football standpoint, like, well, I don't really necessarily – think that's true plus the receivers are all banged up um and they well, don't, I don't have a running the back <laughs> yeah it's, well, it's, Edelman, well, is Edelman going to play next week? And, I know he's I, well I, you're, you're right I, I don't know but you know beyond all and, and you look at well they they decide by deciding to keep Brady they lost Darrell Revis and Brandon Browner now mm-hmm. you can't just snap your fingers and replace those guys yeah, I I don't know. I this could this season could be a struggle for this team. I I, I don't, you know. I Bill Belichick. I don't think anybody's better at at getting his team past quote unquote distractions than Bill Belichick. But the team has been very 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 distracted. You can't not be. You don't know who's going to be your starting quarterback, and I think it's going to be another two and two, two and three start for the Patriots like they so often do. They turn it around a lot and win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl, but I just, this doesn't feel good to me as a Patriots fan. I know that a lot of my fellow Patriots fans tell me I'm insane and Tom Brady's the greatest ever. I just don't think he's the greatest right now. No, and I've never bought the greatest ever for anybody because I think it's devaluing past eras. I mean, I think that they would have been better off actually with Garoppolo because they would then know if he's their guy going forward or if they're going to have to get somebody else because Brady's not playing forever. Um, you know, we're seeing that in Denver now. This is probably, I think it's going to be Peyton Manning last year or he claims he wants to play another year, but these guys are going to be need to be replaced, and the Broncos think they might have his replacement in Brock Osweiler. They've liked what they've seen of him this preseason, but he's never played in a regular season game, and Garoppolo hasn't either. So, you know, the Patriots have a con- the new contract with Brady allows them to cut him after the season with owing him no money. Um, but if they do that, they're going to have to be sure they have somebody waiting in the wings to sort of take over. And I, again, I predict, I mean, you've said it last year, if they don't win the Super Bowl, he's not their quarterback next year. I'm con- firmly convinced of that. Yeah, well, that that that's what I've been saying now for a year, and he ended up, of course, winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. So he's back. I mean, you know, if the, the Seahawks score that touchdown, I I just think yeah. he's gone. And Brandon Browner and Darrell Rivas are still Patriots. And but you know, we'll never know. We don't know what's inside the Bill Belichick's mind. But lots of interesting quarterback stuff around the league. I mean, I I picked up Peyton Manning in our fantasy football draft because uh, it was either him or Tony Romo and I just don't get a good feeling about Romo. I just think the quarterback position is kind of in flux right now across the NFL except for a couple of spots here and there like Andrew Luck and 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 Aaron Rodgers and I you know I just beyond those two it's hard for me to say you know 
that's an amazing quarterback. That guy's going back to the the Super Bowl. Uh, I just to look across the league, even Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. I, I just, you know, a few couple of years ago, the quarterback position was so strong, and now it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm the biggest. Peyton's my favorite player ever, but I just watch. I've watched his week three game in preseason, which is the sort of the, you know, re- dress rehearsal and. I heard all off season about how strong his arm was. I thought, boy, didn't look as looked as, like he was. He looked shaky to me. He doesn't look comfortable in this new offense, and that's a big part of it. Is he is such a creature of habit that he hates change, and he has change right now with a new coordinator and new coach who are doing things he doesn't like doing. He's a shotgun guy. They want him behind center all the time. So I'm just I just think that as, as much as I want the Broncos to do well this year, probably. Still going to pick them to win the division, but I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. Um, I think in Russell Wilson's case, his offensive line right now looks really shaky, um, and he's going to be running for his life a lot. You know, they traded their center, um, and I don't think I think he's been a per, to me a perfect example of a system quarterback. When you had that defense in 2013, that would just crush people. It gives you a lot more flexibility as a quarterback. How many times did you see Russell Wilson? You know, the score is 10-7 after three quarters, and he comes back and they win the game. You know, anybody else does that, and they're, they're toast if they have seven points after three quarters, even in the the championship game, whether it was 16 nothing, but because the Packers kept screwing up and not putting more points on the board, Wilson finally gets hot in the last five minutes, and he's this great savior. Well, everyone forgets the fact that he stunk for three and a half quarters, and he threw, what, four interceptions? Um yeah, I agree with you. And now you have Aaron Rodgers who's missing his favorite target in Jordy Nelson. So maybe only Andrew Luck is the one guy that looks like he has all the pieces in place on his offense, at least in terms of receivers, but he has very shaky offensive line. Yeah, well, it's uh, it really is. I mean, I just have no real uh, – no real good ideas of of what's going to happen this season. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've hinted. I think the Seahawks will regress this season. I, I, I truly believe that, and I'll be writing about that next week. And you know, looking at across the league at, at teams who could end up surprising and doing well. You know, a team that I would love to say is the Browns, but their quarterback position is kind of yep. kind of messy and. Uh, and, you know, look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Maybe Doug Martin has a resurgent year. People have said he looks pretty good. So, I, it, But I just have such little confidence this season in, in really talking about what I think is going to happen because I see so many different variables. I see such parity across the league. I, could, I really could this season see a big shift in the teams that make the playoffs. Usually it's like, you know what, seven to nine teams from last year's 12 make the playoffs again. I could see that being five or six this season. Well, you know, as we've talked about, you and I privately just off, you know, about talking football, no teams won the Super Bowl after losing it since the 72 Dolphins, so it's 43 years. Well, since 1999, five teams that failed to make the playoffs the previous year actually won the Super Bowl. So, there's much more of a chance of a team coming out of nowhere and winning the Super Bowl than the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl this year, which I think tells you how wide open the season is. And I look at myself, and Sid and I are in this 
dinner pool where the winner gets dinner bought anywhere in the city by the losers. It's a complicated pick all the divisions top to bottom. I have no feel for the season. Two years ago, I had Seattle, Denver, and I was really confident. Last year, I had I had Seattle, Denver again, but I really thought New England was a better team. I took Denver for strategic reasons with the pool. But this year, you mentioned two guys, Revis and Browner, that I think are the two biggest losses for the Patriots, that you know they have to rebuild their secondary. And I think that was the reason they got over the hump last year, was they had great shutdown corners. And they were able to take away the best receivers, and it really helped them. And yet I look at everybody else, and everybody else has issues. Uh, the Ravens have really shaky receivers. The Steelers are rebuilding their defense. They lost their center for at least 10 weeks. And Le'Veon Bell spent it for three games. The Colts' offensive line and defensive line are sieves. The Broncos have an old quarterback. I mean, the AFC just kind of looks like maybe a team we hadn't thought about, like a Kansas City or a San Diego or someone comes out of the woodwork because there's no, on the surface, no great dominant team. Well, there's a, yeah, the, in the AFC, certainly, I uh, I think everybody that you mentioned is interesting. And, you know, another team, you know, here's a team that is super interesting to me, and that's the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders have a young quarterback who looks like he has a lot of promise in Carr. And, you know, I don't know as it'll be, uh, you know, Peyton, like Peyton Manning's second season, but that team, you know, in that division could sneak up on people. You win a few games here and there, and all of a sudden you're you're five and four, you're six and four, and, and you could be in the hunt for playoffs. So I, I literally, I, I've tried to think, look, across the, across the AFC, I would say there's only one team that right now I count out of the playoffs. Like they have no chance whatsoever, and that's the New York Jets. And I would say that the Buffalo Bills are probably right behind them, but, you know, Rex Ryan infuses some rah, rah, rah and calls up some good defenses, gets a couple wins here and there, and the Bills could sneak in. But the, the Jets are probably the one team that I look out across the landscape, and maybe the, maybe the Jaguars too, but the, but the Jets are the one that I say absolutely that they're not in the playoffs. Yeah, and you talk about Buffalo. I mean, Rex Ryan made two AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez as his quarterback. And there's a classic example. He has, I think, a great defense in Buffalo. If they had a guy like Matt Ryan as their quarterback, I'd pick them in the AFC East. But he has mm. Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback. And <laughs> Bill Bardwell from Grantland, who was just a brilliant football writer, did an analysis of which coaches have had the worst quarterbacks in history and they're in their tenure, and he's all sorts of intricate statistics. Basically, it's Rex Ryan with Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez, in terms of their quarterbacks, played below the baseline of the average quarterback by far in every year he was the coach. I mean, he's just had shitty quarterbacks. And in Indianapolis, you have a general manager, Ryan Grigson, who's basically been a boob. He's, somebody said he's Matt Millen, but he had the first pick and took Andrew Luck, which a monkey would have taken. You know, it's like Andrew Luck has, has covered up so many sins of that team. How many times have you watched them and they look like garbage and they're getting killed and Andrew Luck rides to the rescue? And so that's a team that just keeps doing that because they have a quarterback that I think is just, I think he's just brilliant. Um, and so the quarterback thing is such the big determinant, you know, put Andrew Luck on Buffalo and you're talking maybe about the Super Bowl team. I mean, that's how big of a difference it makes, but yeah, Oakland, I've watched some of Derek Carr and I like it. I like Armani Cooper, his new receiver and Del Rio is a, is a good coach. I know people give him grief, but the Jaguars were relevant during Del Rio's reign. Remember that, 
the year yep. the Patriots went unbeaten, they played that playoff game in Foxborough. That was a good game. They, the Patriots wound up winning, but the Jags had them on the ropes for a good chunk of that game and played them really hard. So Del Rio knows how to coach. Yeah. And then in the, in the NFC, there's one team that is the most intriguing to me. What, do you have one in the NFC that you're most looking forward to watching? See, like, do you, seeing well, how they Minnesota. Do. Minnesota's the team I'm looking forward to watching. Just, yeah. I like their head coach, I like the coordinators, I like the quarterback, and I think Adrian Peterson, he better have a big year because he was my first pick in our fantasy draft. <laughs> um, what about you? It's the Rams. The Rams, oh, to me, you know, Jeff Fisher is one of the best head coaches, I think. He's, uh, though he hasn't won more than, I think, six games in three seasons with the Rams, maybe seven uh, in any given season, but you know, they have a quarterback now, they have some running back help. They've got some good young wide receivers. They got a they got a defensive line who can put pressure. Uh, that that team, I'm super interested. And you know they beat the they beat the Seahawks last season. They're creative. I I, I that's a team that I could see winning the going from worst to first. Well, you know, the team that was the beginning of the end for Peyton last year was that Ram game where the Rams just crushed them and they crushed them by using just a great defense and if Nick Foles can play you know quality quarterback which is what they haven't had because Sam Bradford in the past has always been injured yeah the Rams have been missing you know it it sounds like we keep repeating ourselves but it's all about the quarterback in the NFL anymore and with a guy I don't know if I'm fading out but with a guy like Foles if he can play at a decent level the Rams have enough talent in that division to win it. Uh, same thing with Arizona. I think that if they can keep Carson Palmer upright, uh, that team is, you know, they went, what, 11-5 and five last year with maybe the worst quarterback ever <laughs> in the playoff game, Ryan Lindley. <laughs> yeah, well, the, listen, the Seahawks got lucky. They got lucky last season that they won that division. That was that was Arizona's division. When, they, when Carson Palmer went down, they, he, they were up by two or three games, and they just couldn't win with me at quarterback, which you know is a big surprise. So, yeah, the Cardinals are interesting. This this is this season I I I cannot I can't look across the NFL and say this is a lock. I really I can't look at any team. I maybe the the Colts would be it would be shocking if the Colts Yeah, didn't I make think the Colts in the South are about the only time the only team that I would be stunned if they don't win that division. Uh, but I could see I could see the the, the the Texans or the or the Titans pulling something out, but to not make the playoffs would be at least be shocking to me. I would take an Andrew Luck injury, I think, for that to happen. Well, yeah, obviously that's the big asterisk for all this stuff. Injuries, you know, tell us who's hurt, and we'll tell you how they're going to do. Um, the, the division I have, no, I am just, I have no idea who I'm going to pick in this dinner pool. Is the NFC East? The Redskins are well, going to be terrible, yeah. so I have them in last place. I have had Philadelphia, Dallas, and New York in first place, second and third. When I'm doing my sort of in my head, it's like I have no idea. But that's the way the NFC East is every year. You just have, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's so many variables this year with with with, with Sam Bradford and Kirk Cousins and yeah, and 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 with the Giants. I mean, the Giants. You know, go from four and twelve to the Super Bowl, and then back to five and eleven. So, 
<laughs> I mean, who knows? That's just a that's a wacky division. I mean, the 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 NFC the AFC North is no better. I mean, I mm-hmm. look at, look at any of these divisions. I, I it 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 it's baffling to me. We wanted to try to do this preview. NFL preview showed it's like, well, we really have no idea what the heck is going <laughs> to happen. Which is probably more honest than most preview shows where they make these declarative statements. You know, Ron Jaworski two years ago, the Baltimore Ravens are a better team than a team who just won the Super Bowl. And he said that the night that Peyton threw seven touchdowns, before Peyton threw seven touchdown passes on him. So we're not going to say stupid things like that. And we haven't talked about a team, the Miami Dolphins, who they have a quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, that played really well last year, and they have a great defensive line. And it's a team that's sort of just been in the playoff hunt the last two years and has folded, but that's a team, I think, that could, you know, that if they stay healthy could could make it really interesting because they have, it seems like they have all the pieces in place uh, in the key areas to do it. So what about Cincinnati? Yeah, well, again, you know, the Dolphins – and you look across the the, the the Jets are just I think gonna be doormats and so that's a couple wins right there in all likelihood. And then the, the Patriots and Bills aren't great shakes, it's probably a couple wins there. So you go four and two in your division and and then you just gotta get, you know, six more wins and you're probably in the playoffs. So Yeah I, Yeah. <laughs> Cincinnati and uh, yeah, it's another interesting I mean, every year I was listening to uh NFL radio Last week, and they were saying, you know, this year the Bengals have really had it. They're really good. They're really focused on winning the playoffs. And, I mean, we've hear, we hear this in the last couple of seasons, and every season they get to the playoffs and they they lose. So, yeah, I mean, they 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 have all the pieces. It's just can you put it together? I mean, you know, most teams have all the pieces to get to the playoffs. The question is, can they can they put it all together? Well, and I, my team I'm rooting for is, is the Broncos because of Peyton. I think their best unit is going to be their defense this year. That we've always made fun of Wade Phillips years ago. We had a we had a bonehead coach of the year of the week award, and was it was modeled on Wade Phillips looking befuddled when he was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. But when he's been a defensive coordinator, his defenses have been really good in Denver, in Dallas, and in Houston. And I think that's the thing that's going to keep Denver afloat this year is going to be their defense. I know it's only preseason, but their first-team defense has not given up a touchdown to a first-team offense in three games. And it had like 17 sacks. And it's like the guy's a great defensive coach. So Peyton may win games this year 17-10 to 10, as opposed to 35-28. to 28. And it might be a thing that actually – if they make the playoffs, may make them a more dangerous team because they can they can win the gritty, low-scoring games as opposed to needing a shootout. Well, there are certain coaches wherever they go, you you know there's going to be an impact in some part of the game. You assume that North Turner is going to know how to make that running back go, and you're going to assume that Wade Phillips is going to turn any defense into a top five defense. Right away, and yeah, that that it makes the part that makes Denver shaky. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm I am I must say regretting taking Peyton Manning when I did. I'm, <laughs> I'm, as soon as I did, I was literally drunk at the Abbey when I was when I was doing the draft. So I, if I had thought a little more clearly, I would have taken Tony Romo. But um, yeah, I think that that 
that team, if the if the Broncos win the division, it will be on the back of the defense. It won't be on the arm of Peyton Manning. And it's funny. I took Andrew Luck as my quarterback in that draft because uh, as much as I love Peyton, I don't think he's going to be a fantasy star this year. No, um, I mean, compared to Andrew Luck, no way. Andrew Luck will be yeah. my guess. And even compared to his last year, I, don't, I mean, last season for Peyton, I don't think he's going to be that way. Um, well, I mean, it's funny. We're not really making any bold predictions because I think you can talk me in and out of a million different teams. I mean, in the south of the NFC, which was, uh, what, 7-9 and nine last year, won it, or 7-8-1 and one, or whatever it was, um, that's for the taking. And I think at, Atlanta's a team that may make a rebound just because I, I kind of like the, their quarterback a lot. But, um, you know, I guess we're not going to make any bold predictions <laughs> because we're I'll not. I'll make a bold uh, prediction. All right, go ahead. Make a bold. Tom play. Brady won't won't be the quarterback of the New England Patriots by the end of the season. How's that? Uh, but not due to injury, or are you saying just I, well, something that injury happen? or benched? One of the two. Yeah. Well, that is a pretty bold prediction, and uh, you know I build this as the as the gay look at the uh, NFL. We haven't anything gay about it, but we had a fun. Uh, our young writer Jeremy, who's seventeen, did a hot fantasy. Your hot fantasy team, and so if you want to look at some hot NFL players, and we're going to do that during the season. Uh, so we had to get the gay part in, so to you know, so I, my promo was actually accurate. But um, Sid and I will be talking about the NFL a lot and a lot of everything else when we come back next week after Labor Day and get serious again. But our podcast was sponsored by AT&T, mobilizing your world. Well, Sid, enjoy Fire Island, and uh, happy Labor Day, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week.